Episode 61. There's a white elephant in the room. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I just want you all to know that you were spared take one on tonight's podcast. Tony had the intro music up way loud. Way loud. So I still have ringing in my ears, but fortunately, um, on take two. We're good to go. We're good to go. Yeah. We're good to go. Let's start this thing off right. We got it. We got it. We did it. Yeah. This week. Yeah, so, from Brian uh, and Amy, they uh, they sent us an email and said... From Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the frozen tundra that is Green Bay. Amen to you guys. For living there? For doing the We Did It? Yeah, for doing okay. the We Did It. Yeah, that's, that, that's so, awesome. I was like, that was such a build up for Green Bay that I didn't know if... Well, the Green Bay Packers, you know. Yeah. Congratulations. All our Green Bay Packer fans are rooting and cheering, I'm sure. Probably still celebrating. Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, Brian and Amy wrote in and they said, thanks for encouraging us to do the seven days of sex challenge. We completed the mission successfully. There were two nights in particular when we were very tired, emphasis on very, but Mm -hmm. we stuck to our commitment and are so glad we did. It is something we are going to do every couple of months. Thanks for the fun podcast and the encouragement you are in our marriage. God bless. P.S. Don't feel bad, Tony. It's hard to perform for seven days straight. Amen. I understand. P.P.S. What kind of kid are you raising? A Steelers fan? I always thought of you as better parents than that. <laughs> I, I and, just and, have and to say Alex are. picks his own teams. Yeah. Well, we are. We're, we're, we're in Charger Nation <laughs> and we're AFC. So Alex typically likes to go for his AFC teams, which would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if the Chargers would ever make it to the Super Bowl, well, then he'd be cheering would, for the Chargers. We would cheer for our Chargers, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we'll talk about marriages. Heck, we may not even see football next year for the way the negotiations are going. Okay, but that's not what this podcast is about. No. No. But sports play a big part in in marriages. That's true, but not tonight. But not tonight. Not tonight. Let's hit our week. Okay. What did you want to do? Oh, I was... um, Okay. Let's talk about my funny experience in our bedroom closet. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so so the kids and I go to visit um, a very good friend who... And we didn't have sex in the closet. No, we did not have sex in the closet. Although that would be fun. We you know, change scenery. Yeah. It's a chapter in the book. Yeah. And you can pick up our book if you'd like. Okay. You know, let me finish the story. You're going to get called on for interrupting. Nope. Go for it. Okay. So kids and I were away for a day and a half. We went to visit some friends and then we um, went and spent the night with Tony's parents. And so while we were there, I had a sample size of deodorant that I just put on. Didn't think anything of it. Didn't even smell the deodorant. It was a sample size. And mm-hmm. so I come home. The next night, and I'm in my closet, and I'm changing my shirt. I had like taken off a sweater. I had a tank underneath it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what is that smell in my closet? That's like a very feminine smell, you know, perfumey. And I'm thinking, where in the, why do I smell women's perfume in my closet? And I'm like, what is it? What is it? Well, lo and behold, it was my new deodorant. Mm-hmm. But it was such one of those weird like, Oh my goodness! There's been a you know like where would a woman have come and ended up in my in my closet? It was such a weird, trippy 
So you were, so, so let, let's back up here. You were in the closet thinking that a woman had been in I was trying to figure out why our closet, because I don't wear perfume. And so I was trying to figure out why I would be smelling perfume so strongly in our closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what was going through your mind? I I, I was just very confused. Like, how did a woman get in my closet? Mm -hmm. Not not that I'd made the leap, like you're bringing women in, but I'm like, like the whole trying to figure it out. Interesting. So that was part of our week. And uh, (laughs) Elisa and her new deodorant. Yeah. So needless to say, that went back in the uh, in the travel bag. So I only use it when I'm traveling because it's so every time she travels, she'll come home and think <laughs> I brought a woman home. I did not say you, I just couldn't figure out how to, a woman got in our closet. It yes. was just of all the places that you would smell a woman. Our closet is not like the first place that I would be like, oh, mm-hmm. there's been a woman here. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was Alrighty. very weird. It's still making me laugh. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the kids were off from school last week and we actually had a pretty decent week. Um like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't counting down the days for them to go back or anything like that. It was play yeah, There were times. And there's always times. I mean, that yeah. happens on a regular day that <laughs> we just kind of go at it. But um, yeah, we uh, got to celebrate a friend's 50th birthday. Today. Surprise birthday party that his wife pulled off. Yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was held here. At, um, one of our local... I don't know what you call it, tourist uh, shopping area. What do you call it? It's uh, the Bernardo Winery. It's called the Bernardo Winery and there's some shops and there stuff around. There are little around, shops and restaurants I mean, in there and, and it's just, well, it, but a, just a place to a go. restaurant, yeah. Place to go. We've never really been there in mm-hmm. <laughs> the eight years we've been in Poway. No, I mean, there's a really nice restaurant there that may end up becoming one or being one of our restaurants to try out on a date night. They should yeah. be open it. I think on so. A Friday I think there's night. anything. But uh yeah, so we're we're walking to this birthday party and you know, the invitation had said arrive fifteen minutes early. And so we're walking and all of a sudden, you know, the kids and Tony and, or the kids and I are up just a little bit ahead of Tony and all of a sudden we hear this, Hey De Lorenzo's Well, it is Alan, the birthday boy. Yeah. He just happened to see us walking around the Bernardo Winery. He's like, Funny that you guys are here. And so, of course, I've got one hand on each child leaning over saying, don't say a word. Right. Don't say anything. Yeah, we didn't want to spoil it. And Alan's wife, Diane, has this look on her face like, please don't say anything. Just make nice, small talk. And so we did. And, you know, we're like, oh, we just thought we'd come out, you know, Sunday afternoon, just walk around. And they're like, oh, we're going wine tasting. Sorry, you guys can't hang out with us. Oh, that's okay. Um, And he was completely and utterly surprised. It was cool to, to to get to see his face when he turned the corner and saw everybody there. And, and it was really nice because um, she said a speech for him, to mm-hmm. him, and they've been together for the last 30 years. They've known each other. They've known each other for the last 30 years. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think know. they've mar- been married that long. No, but they. Yeah. she made it sound like they've been together. Yeah. He's been in her life for the last 30 years. And uh, just really an amazing tribute from a wife to a husband in all of the ways that he loves her yeah, and loves their family, their two boys and loves their friends. Um, and just a really, just a really special moment because you don't always get to hear what people think of you (laughs) or have an arena where you can share how you feel about your spouse with more than just your spouse. I mean, there were probably what, 60 people, 60 people or so there. And, sure. and it was just really nice. And their oldest son got up and said a few words 
about well. his dad. And that was really, um, that was really touching because he just talked about the fact that his dad's always there mm-hmm. and no matter what. And so just, just one of those times that makes you think, you know, what is my legacy? Yeah. What is my legacy as a spouse? What is my legacy as a parent? You know, if it was my kids standing up there, what would they say to me, say about me today? Alex would have said, my mom made me get dressed up. That's what Alex would have said today. Probably. And Abby would have probably shared the fact that she was wearing two pairs of jeans, you know, cause <laughs> she was sharing that with everybody. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it was definitely one of those times when you sit there and you go, wow, when was the last time I said something like that to my spouse? You know, just let them know it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we wait for these big occasions to say these types of words and make these types of comments. But really, those are the types of comments and words we should be saying weekly, daily, maybe in some cases, to let our spouse know that. Mm, you good know, observation. And I, I think it's always necessary and fun and 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 and, and a joy to be able to share that in a setting like the one we were at today. But I wonder how many of us could be doing that more often and me included. I was just putting something in the show notes. I, okay. Well, it's loud and I can hear it in, in my Sorry earphones. guys. I just got snapped at. <laughs> I just got the parent snap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what else, anything else happened last week? What else happened last week? It's been rainy. Oh, so that was kind of nice. Um, Tony did not ride either Saturday or Sunday morning. And well, I did ride. I just slept in and rode on the trainer inside. Okay. Tony did not leave our house to get up at the crack of dawn in the dark to go ride his bicycle. So that the kids and I would wake up without him home. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. And it was really nice. The kids actually slept in and specifically Abby, who is our early bird slept in. And so we just had two mornings where we just kind of lazed in bed. And then, you know, when we did get up, Tony, you know, goes and does his workouts and I'm doing my work, you know, we're, we're doing what needs to be done, but we were starting that at like eight or eight thirty. Yeah. This, this weekend for us was just mellow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's even sort of like just even right now on the podcast is talking. It's just, wow. It was one of those weekends where we didn't do Jack squat. I mean, it was just a mellow weekend. We, Starting Friday night, we watched um, Harry Potter with the kids Friday night. Saturday, it was pouring down rain most of the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some of the kids' friends over. But even so, we were just sort of lazing around the house. We didn't have anywhere to go or need to really be anywhere. And Saturday night, we Elise and I watched a movie called Love Song. Last the song, last song. The last Nicholas song. Sparks. And... Um, you know, it, it was it was weird because on Saturday night we had already gotten the kids to bed. It was like eight o'clock, eight thirty, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there going, "Well, I guess I'll go to bed and just read." At this point, um, as you may know, we don't have cable anymore. It's actually been one of the coolest things that I can say in a long time because, really. there's no use for it. We're not wasting time on it and then feel like we need to get a bunch of stuff done and then rattling ourselves to get it done. And so to, to just pop in a movie on a Saturday night was way cool. Uh, really good show. 
I thought it was a, it was a fun movie to watch. Fun. It's kind of a sad movie. I thought there was some really funny. There's some funny parts because especially you know what I love movies like that, especially when there's this sort of like these two are meeting, especially at a younger age because these were like teenagers, teen, yeah, teen, you know, going into college. Uh, the girl and the guy. I mean, just sort of the quirkiness that sort of happens is this love affair that's starting to to build. And it sort of reminds me of sort of what we were like, Mm. you know, 16 years ago. Oh goodness. And (laughs) you know, those sort of, those sort of memories are are cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think we, we become numb to that in our marriages over time because we see sort of all the, the junk that comes with it. And we, we forget about that joyfulness of that first love and the, the questions and just all the stuff that happens. Yeah. And just the quirkiness, you know, meeting the parents for the first time. And oh, I still remember that with your parents, all of that, that comes about and watching a movie like that brings back a lot of memories for me. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because the, the premise of the movie is sad, and so I was trying to figure out, but there are lots of funny scenes, and um, yeah, yeah, it was nice. And you know, going back to the whole TV thing, we are seeing amazing, um, just amazing things happen with the kids. Mm-hmm. Not having TV around, I mean, Abby is turning into this little author or illustrator. I mean, she's oh, uh, she's doing well. She actually little brag on the kids. Um, their art teacher submitted some of their. They each had a piece submitted into a local, uh, the Poway Women's Club art exhibit. And Alex took third place mm-hmm. in his age category. And Abby took first place and is actually moving on to a district competition. So proud, yeah. proud parents. We were a little surprised when we were looking at her classes, all of her classes, um, artwork. And we're counting it up. I'm like, well, there's only 18. And hers isn't one of them, so it's got to be somewhere else. And they had all of these first place winners in a different spot. So um, nice little excitement there. And Totally. You know, that we had, one of the things we had talked about just mentioning to you guys, um, because it's also just accountability for us, is, is just kind of touching base with what's going on with our finances. Yeah. And where we've been since January, you know, we're six weeks into the year. And we've been doing the cash system. Those of you that um, are familiar with Dave Ramsey, financial peace university cash envelope system and, and others out there. Yeah. There, I mean that that's the one that we particularly when, well, that's the one we know and use. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what we've been doing and it's, it's working, which is not a surprise. The surprise is that we didn't do this for a while that we'd gotten so lazy. Right. And, and the bigger thing too is that it's working to the point that we're seeing our emergency fund grow again because what was ending and, and one thing that we did and I'm, I'm not too sure if we mentioned this before. We did a couple episodes ago. Okay. We, we moved our emergency fund away from our bank and into ingdirect.com and that has been honestly one of the best things we we could have done because whenever what was happening last year is whenever we went over, we weren't paying attention. We just go, Oh, let's just take it from there. We'll just cover. Well, since stopping that, we have seen a nice increase to our emergency fund, Mm -hmm. which is great. So I would seriously, um, advise any of you who are looking to get your emergency fund going, or you have an emergency fund and you've had issues like we have, 
we've had. I'd find another bank if you don't want to do it online at Ing Direct, but get it out of where you normally go. And we do have, just as a disclaimer, we do have a small emergency fund still with our credit union where we have all of our accounts. We keep a very uh, a small one there for those right. emergent, you know, immediate emergencies. But our larger emergency fund is that it is separated from all of our accounts, so yeah. that it's it requires us to take an extra step to actually access those funds. It's not me just sitting on the computer at ten o'clock at night paying bills, going, "Oops, We're, yeah, you know, transfer." Yeah, so th- so that's that's really cool to, to to have this happen, and for all of you out there who are going through, um, you know, your finances right now, you know, we're we're coming into March, and you're and you're working on them, you're cutting down debt, maybe you're paying off cars. Good job, mm-hmm. keep it up, keep yeah. it up. I mean, because that is a big component of our overall intimacy mm-hmm. that we have with our spouse. Financial intimacy is a big factor on how we are able to connect with our spouse in an emotional, a spiritual, a physical, and a sexual way. It it plays a big part as much as we don't want it to, as much as we don't think it does, it has profound effects. And start small, start by having those, you know, uh, I think Ron Mansky is the one that recommended that they touch base daily daily he and barb touch you know just a little two minute conversation and we don't quite touch base that often every day no but it's probably every couple of days it's you know it's definitely once a week you know typically it's if i go shopping then i say okay you know here's what um here's where money's been spent right um but as long as i'm staying within my envelopes you know we haven't you know granted we're only coming up on the second month of going back to it but i can already see that we'll be fine Mm -hmm. in the next week yeah. That will, you know, there, there might even be, you know, a few dollars left over. Right. And that's okay because, you know, then we're just pulling that money to do other things, you know, treats for the kids, you know, they want, you know, a trip here or a trip there. Then we just pull that money. Um, and put it aside. Yeah. Like Legoland's been a big one. That w- Legoland's been a big, you know, they're just different things that we'd like to do for them, but we'd also like to not necessarily have to add that in as a line item to a budget. What if we just saved the money each month? By staying within our budget and even being stricter mm-hmm. within that budget. And the kids know. The kids know. And you guys, it's never too early to start talking to your kids about money. You know, they don't need to know exactly how much you make. No. But if you've got $100 to go to the grocery store this week, then let them know there's $100. We can only get treats if we fit all of the groceries in and there's still money for treats. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a simple little tip. My kids know. They can put it in the front basket of the cart you know the little part where the kids sit um but they get it like and if you start talking to them now then when they're teenagers and you tell them they can't have something because you don't have the money or money's tight this month they will have already heard it yeah you know they will know that money does not grow on trees so no i agree um gosh you you know one of the things i noticed this week too and, and it's just amazing as we podcast more and more and we're I don't want to say we're hypersensitive of what happens in our lives because sometimes obviously you hear us come here on. Sometimes you guys point out that we're not (laughs) every week that um, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But what I love doing every week is just being able to share where we are. And that's why we do, you know, here's a week in review. And I noticed this week it was one of those weeks where, you know, 
Elisa and I in our sexual intimacy, you know, we weren't hitting it on all cylinders, but there was definitely a point where we were just closer. And, and I just mm-hmm. felt that we were, we had some really good conversation and we just had some really good times this week. Um, you know, we're, we're missing our, our intimacy lifestyle here for some reason on Elisa's days. So we always have to make it up on a Saturday. Last couple of weeks. Yes. We're having a little issue there, but you know, it's really what, what what's interesting to me is how fragile fragile our lives are and how little things in our lives, the little things that may happen, how it really sort of sets us off and how it really affects our intimacy. And obviously you can go back a couple of weeks and you can hear it in one of our podcasts. I forget which number 40. Well, we're in the 60s. Oh, we're in the 60s. So yeah. 58. Where's that one? I think it's 50. Are you talking about the whole interrupting thing? Yeah. That, I think that was 57. 57. So, I mean, you can listen from 57 to 61 in where we are, but it, it, it's just, it amazes me how fragile we are sometimes. And I don't think I even realize that and how, because when we're, we're not, honing in on each other when we're not talking to each other when we're not expressing ourselves or we do something that is really stupid we don't realize what a profound effect that has on our marriage Mm -hmm. you know and i'm only just talking from experience and going down this journey of of marriage just like many of you are um and i don't proclaim to be any smarter or wiser. I just, I I just realize these things more and more. And you know, when, when you say those negative comments to your spouse, you don't, you don't give them words of affirmation. Even if, you know, if, if if you've read Gary Chapman's book and yeah, their, their love language may not be words of affirmation, but when you don't give those to your spouse, I'm telling you, it may not be their primary love language, but who doesn't like being told that they look good? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we all do. Maybe you're not saying it all the time because it's not their primary love language, but gosh, you know, when, when we make stupid decisions, you know, be it on social media, contacting people that we shouldn't be contacting, exes, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, and not letting our spouse know what's going on. You know, these little things that happen can really take our marriage and spin it out of control very fast. And I think we just need to realize that a little bit more. Think about it. I also have to say, though, and I was talking to Elisa about this, that euphoric feeling we get when we are at that point of climax. And I know it, you know, just just the it's not adrenaline but all the endorphins and everything that washes over us i think that is the same i don't i shouldn't say i think i know it's the same when we are going outside of our comfort zone or we're we're approaching other people of the opposite sex who are not our spouse am i off topic you're off topic and you're confusing me okay never mind (laughs) 
I'm not sure what that whole euphoria with being your with your spouse and that whole euphoria with contacting other people. I'm not sure how those two things work together. Because I think what ends up happening is that we're not that feeling that we get when we with do, our spouse, right? If we're not getting it enough, we're seeking it somewhere else. Okay, that was that was the connector right okay. there. If you're not getting it at home, you while not condoned, there is a tendency to look for it somewhere else. Yes. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Because I was like, what? You're talking... You could have interrupted me there. Well, and I think it would have been okay. Yeah, but I was trying to figure out where you were going. And, you know, these guys are sensitive to interrupting. So I was trying to... Oh, that's okay. I, I, you I could have interrupted me and I think they would have been okay with that. I don't want to get called to task. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensitive to that. Let me... Um, I want to share one email. Sure. Before we... Um, do a couple of things. Oh, actually two things. One, we had a listener um, send an email, um, a relatively new listener who's getting caught up with all of our episodes, but who had heard us talk about um, Charlotte Mueller and the 365 days. Yeah, Chuck. Um, Thanks, Chuck. Days of se- uh, Nights of Sex that she had given her, Nights of Intimacy, I think is their book, that she had given her husband. Yep. And there was actually an article um, that she had done, you know, where are they five years later? Yeah. Did it make a difference? And we're going to put the link to this website or to their, um, to the article in our show notes. But the answer, and for all of you who have done the seven days of sex challenge or done longer or who have thought about it, the answer from her was a resounding yes. It did change their marriage for the better. They have maintained intimacy. Granted, not on the scale they did that year, Mm -hmm. but let's be honest. You know, she says in the article, they averaged 28 days a month. Holy cow. Um, right now no 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 during that year okay during that she said they averaged 28 days a month um but it made a difference and it was nice to read that article and there's a lot more in the article but how do they do it 28 days a month i don't know maybe she has a short period okay it's possible sure okay uh maybe yeah that's their business yeah she said they averaged 28 days a month i just said okay okay um but if you wonder if choosing intimacy with your spouse makes a difference, read this article. I think mm-hmm. you'll be um, encouraged. The other um, email that we got last week, we had that comment from Shanna, who, you know, just talking about, you know, life post baby, you mm-hmm. know, new baby in the house. And we actually got a message from her husband, Travis, who I, I want to actually read you the last line okay. of, of the message. Um, yeah, because she was just talking about the whole, you know, how do I, you know, what do you do? You're sleep deprived, you're covering people. And sweet, sweet man, he said, we are adjusting pretty well. And I think she is beautiful even when she's exhausted and covered with puke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a marriage that has a solid foundation. And he actually talked um, in the email as well that they had built up such a strong foundation of love and acceptance that it seems a little easier to delay, you know, reintroducing intimacy, physical intimacy into the marriage or being more understanding because they don't have those issues of it being a rejection. Mm -hmm. They, they have the communication, they have the foundation. And here's a man that's, you know, putting it out there that he thinks his wife's beautiful when she's covered in their newborn's puke. There's a man that loves his wife. And so hats off to Travis and Shanna. I mean, that was just seeing that last line. That's why I wanted to start with the last line because that's just a message that says, you know what? 
I love you no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I love you no matter what. And that's so hats off to the two of them and glad that they, uh, that Travis wrote in with yeah. his thoughts there. Yeah. And last week being Valentine's day, I want to put a shout out to, uh, Greg at rated G romance.com. He wrote a post and we'll, we'll, uh, also include the link here for you guys called gosh darn it i forgot what the name of the post was called is it our valentine's day victory yeah that's it our valentine's day victory and you got to read this folks um man if 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 you or your spouse has dealt with depression well he just he puts it out there and they've been married he and his wife 27 years 12 years of that um his wife clinically Depression, clinical, clinical depression, depression, um, man. And he just talks about it and sort of the sadness and everything that was going on. And man, I, I just, I feel for those. If you're in a marriage where one of you is, is dealing with this because especially on a long-term basis, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, how this can affect you. I just wanted to pass this along because if you are in a marriage where this is happening and uh, you're frustrated, you're not sure where to go, I would hope that this would give you some encouragement, mm-hmm. maybe some guidance. Um, obviously, you can get a hold of Greg if you are in that situation and he would be able to at least give you some information more than either Elisa I or I could do. So part of just the one extraordinary marriage podcast is being a resource for you guys and mm-hmm. finding this stuff and, and sharing it with you guys. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes for you guys. Mm-hmm. Is that it for our week? I think so. Okay. One last it's thing been, with our week. It's been a, it's been a pretty boring mellow week. Well, yeah. And then the other day, so I don't know. I had like airline miles a few months ago and this is going to tie in. I know Toys give me a look like, where did this come from? So we had airline, airline miles. Airline and miles. so like the chance of me actually accumulating enough airline miles to be able to redeem for a flight. Right. Yeah. Not going to happen. So they gave me magazine subscriptions. Mm. And so, you know, I, <laughs> okay, it all ties in okay. and it's going to where our topic is. Okay. So I know Alex loves, sports and loves reading about sports. So I got an, uh, um, subscription to sports illustrated. Yeah. Fortunately I get the mail first because this week, and some of you may already know this because it's already showed up at your house. This week was the sports illustrated swimsuit edition. And it very promptly went from our mailbox into our recycling bin did not stop at my husband did not obviously go to my eight-year-old son um i was sort of bummed i didn't get at least a thumb through it yeah sorry dude nothing in there you need to see um there are always good articles yeah i really didn't see much in the way of articles <laughs> unless they're talking about what she's wearing which you know bathing suit designer you know great because <laughs> you're gonna go out and buy me one um with our trip to puerto rico you don't know i've already bought my bathing suits thank you yeah you look good in them too thank you um but we're going back to the white elephant in the room and 
you guys have heard us talk on this topic before, and the topic is pornography. And it's coming up again because we've heard from a lot of you yeah, in a lot of different respects with the issue of pornography in your marriage. We're hearing from men who are struggling with pornography. We are hearing from women whose husbands are dealing with pornography. And it, it's, there were so many emails. We've gotten, over, we've gotten a lot of over the emails. last couple of weeks that we just felt and it just became obvious to us that we needed to do another episode on pornography. Yeah. And with this Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue coming in, I was like, okay, this apparently is the week to do it. Um, and, and it's a different angle than episode seven where I talk about my addiction to it and how I overcame it and how Lisa felt and how she dealt with it. This is going to be more or less a year after that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the people that we've heard from the people that we've emailed and have talked to, um, and what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this, this is from our point of view. This mm-hmm. is what we believe and how you can, gosh, how you can get away from it. If you're a man or a woman who's dealing with it, uh, a spouse who, who's been told this, these, this all comes from conversations that we've had from other folks. Yes. And you know, it's not, it's not an easy subject. Mm -mm. Um, It's one that, you know, some of the emails that we've got received from women over the last few weeks and, and I'll, you know, kind of deal with and address some of those are, you know, comments like my husband had this problem, you know, I was heartbroken to find out about it, but it's all better. Or it was a one-time thing. Um, Which we're realizing is not the case. Nine times out of 10, I would venture to say, um, actually, let me back up. Ladies, you need to make sure that your marriage is a safe place for your husband to discuss this with you. You need to, I am not saying that you cannot be hurt. I am not saying that you can not be emotional, but once he is able to share this with you, you cannot beat him up with this information because if he hasn't shared everything with you and you suddenly become the Tasmanian devil, because I have a tendency to, when I, you know, whether you're verbally abusive with the actions or you completely withdraw, I understand the hurt. Trust me. When Tony told me last year what had happened, you know, 10 years prior, that I, I, would, I withdrew for a short period of time because I had to process the information I'd received. But I didn't completely shut him off. I didn't completely shut down the walls of communication or the, the lines of communication. And what I mean by creating a safe place is, yes, you communicate your feelings. You absolutely communicate the hurt and the anger, but you need to let him know that if there is more to share, you want to hear about it because he's got to be able to lay everything out on the table 
if it's ever going to get past being an addiction to being something he's recovered from. And on the guy's point and on the guy's side, I know where you're coming from. You're, you're, you're scared. Obviously you may have been dabbling into this for more than your marriage, longer than your marriage. I, I understand that. Um, it didn't come up or maybe it came up earlier in your marriage, but now that you're five, six, seven, ten years into your marriage, um, it hasn't been talked about anymore, but you're still looking at it. You're still masturbating, possibly. You're still doing these things away from your spouse, and you don't know how to bring it up because you are fearful of the reaction you're going to get. Um, I'm going to tell you, it, it, you're going to get a reaction. So pony up and uh, ride that horse and be ready for it. The good thing is, is gosh, as much pain as it's going to be, the other side is much better than where you are today. And if there is, if there, if there's just this part of you that's just not ready to talk about it, then I think you need to really start working on the communication with your spouse. You may also need to find a male friend. I would also seek out um, the triplexchurch.org, which I think is, what's her, Pure X, X, X3 Pure? X3 Pure. X3, we'll yeah, look it up. X3Pure.com. I mean, seek help for goodness sake. You know, throw your ego aside. We got an email this week from somebody that, you know, talked about the fact that, you know, he'd, he'd be good for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. something would happen again, you know, and, and when he was younger, you know, we'd keep a chart on, you know, I went so many days without it, but then something would happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ladies, what I want to say to you is that this is, this is an addiction. This is a physical reaction the guys, we've had enough emails and obviously with, you know, Tony dealing with this himself, enough conversations with people that have dealt with the issue of pornography to know that there is a physical reaction that happens in a male's body when he is viewing pornography. Oh yeah. It's, it's very similar to, I mean, you can, you can liken it to, you know, I would liken it more to a drug usage than anything else because of that that euphoric feeling you get. And it's it's very odd what, what can happen in that time because we get completely washed over and um, get very sucked into this. And um, gosh, I, I'm just, I'm thinking out loud for a lot of you guys in the sense of, you need to find people. And the hardest part is, and I, and I know it, that we're Christian and we go to our church and the church, it doesn't want to talk about it. The church does not want to talk about it. It is the white elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that pisses me off more than anything is that the church should be there supporting folks like you, helping you just like they help those who have alcohol problems or those who have drug problems or those who are grieving from the loss of their husband, their wife, their child. And it's not happening there. And it pisses me off. In all honesty, it pisses me off. Um, I've had numerous talks with my pastor and, and he's gone to bat and 
you know what? They're turning them down. And it, it just, it just bugs me. So all we can do here is try to help you guys find ways so that you can get this off your plate mm-hmm. so that you can have the marriage you truly desire. So you can feel, you know, you, so you don't have to feel guilty any longer because you know what? Jesus doesn't want us there. He doesn't. And, and I know the hurt that happens in a marriage when we are there as much as you may want to tell yourself. And if you're listening to this and you view porn, you may be trying to tell yourself, well, that's not me, Tony. I'm calling you out because it is, it is affecting you. It is affecting your marriage it is affecting many parts of you that you do not even realize because if you're at your job and you're viewing it, it's affecting you. If you're on your phone and you're looking at it, it's affecting you. So we, we got to help you somehow realize this. And for Elisa, I think a lot of her, her point of view is, is that she's sort of tired of hearing the women come across, go, Oh, I found out, but it was a, a very small occasion and it's all better now. And I think what Elisa's really wanting to say a lot, and I could be wrong too, is that, you know, be aware that from a female, from a wife, it's usually not a one-time occurrence. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very rare. I mean, obviously it starts somewhere and not every man is addicted to pornography. Um, But because of that endorphin rush, Oh, it's hard to get away from. It, you know, it feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a mental thing and it's a physical experience. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, beat your husband. And that's why I said, make it a safe place. I'm not saying beat mm-hmm. your husband up every time you think something may have happened, but you've got to be in a situation where you're at least aware. Mm-hmm. You know, if you suspect, get filters on your computer. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily, I mean, we've had people where the spouses have gotten rid of smartphones because they don't need to have internet access just in case, you know, you've got to safeguard your marriage ladies. Okay. This, I'm not saying (laughs) that you bear a hundred percent responsibility for this, but once you've made a, you've been made aware of it, you need to put some protections in place. Mm hmm. You need to, you need to be aware that, you know, staying up late or, you know, finding, you know, just all of, it's like with any addiction, there are ways to keep it from the ones you love. Oh, most definitely. You know, I mean, we've heard from people whose husbands would stay up late or, you know, while they were at work or, you know, all of these different ways. Well, again, there's, there's at work, there's. You know, with the smartphone, you could be looking at it in your car lunch. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm so away from the mic. I, I just I, I, I get I get frustrated with um when I hear from women. My my frustration is that when I hear from women who are having issues in their marriage, who have mentioned that porn's been an issue before, and you know th- there is a struggle with intimacy but the porn is dismissed as a possible cause Mm -hmm. for that because my gut reaction is that if porn was a problem once before and you're having intimacy issues in your marriage, porn is probably a problem again. Mm -hmm. 
because if he's found intimacy online or in you know whatever his form of, of choice is most likely online most likely now. online if he's been able to find intimacy there once before and you're having problems you know walk this path with me where's he gonna go mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean <laughs> you, you think about you know we hear it all the time when it comes to alcohol or drugs you know they they fell off the wagon you know they they went back to it um some of them are able to then stop again mm-hmm. and go clean and and others will fall back and it, you know something will trigger and will go back to that it, it's no different than somebody who's using drugs or drinking alcohol mm-hmm. and for some reason it, it, dang it it, it just I, I don't get it I just don't get it that people think this isn't any different. You know, I just. It, it, but you don't get it that people see this as the same thing. Right. Okay. But they don't see this as being any different than okay. those people. Uh, it's, it's. Addiction's addiction. <laughs> right. And, and because of that, you, you got to walk, you, you got to see this play out. If, you know, let, let's take this, let's just take an example. Somebody who's an alcoholic, they're doing great. They're having, they're having a good walk. Everything is starting to go great for them. Then a number of things start to happen. They start to stumble. Something happens in their life, their work, their marriage. They're having another bad day after another bad day. They're driving home and they go, you know what? I'm going to just stop at the bar. I'm not going to have anything. I'm going to just get something to eat. I just need some time. But they're there. And oh, by the way, so and so shows up. Oh, have a beer with me. Oh, no, no, no. I don't. I, you know, I'm not going to. Oh, coerce him. Talk to him. Whatever. He has a drink. How? How can that not happen to a guy or a woman who has been addicted to pornography? You know, he's not being listened to at home anymore. He's not getting the sexual satisfaction anymore. She's not being sexually satisfied anymore. There's a lack of communication. Finances are tearing at their at them. There's no spiritual foundation anymore. It's gone. They've 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 stopped seeking Jesus for whatever reason they want. You know, we we know people that have gone through that before. One thing after another after another, you're on the computer, you're stumbling around, and lo and behold, you go from a website that's showing somebody who's just wearing a top with very nice breasts. And before you know it, his mind is racing and boom, he's on some site. It's that easy. Bingo. You're done. You're in it. And it happens again. And the cycle begins because now there is nothing for him to stop. There's nothing there to stop him. There's nothing good at home. Like Elisa said, there's no communication going on. And there it is. And it happens again. And so, man, we we just don't want you guys to be there. Mm -hmm. We don't. We want you to be free from it so that you can have the marriage you want, the intimacy, the the desires. And and you got to seek it out. And that's where I'm talking to you guys that are dealing with this. And those of you who are, praise God. Amen to you, man. 
for those of you that are struggling, man, you got to set your ego aside. I had a conversation with a guy a little bit back and we've been talking to, and, uh, I told him, I said, you need an accountability guy? Here's my phone number. You need me. Whenever you need me, you call me. Well, so it happens that he stumbled. He doesn't even call me beforehand. I don't hear from him until three weeks later. Mm. You know? And I finally had to blast him. I said, listen, listen to me. You have my phone number. You can call me. I am okay with that. But you have to get up and put your damn ego aside because I can't stop you. I can't stop that ego of yours, but I'm here to listen and I'm here to help you because if you're going down a road that you think isn't correct and you know that road, you can call me. So you need to find somebody like that in your community or you need to find like the triple X church and, and seek this advice or not this advice, but this help. Well, and and just to add a little more fuel to the fire, you know, those of you that are in this cycle of pornography, as you start thinking about what this is doing to your marriage, I'm going to challenge you to think about this through the eyes of adultery. Mm-hmm. I'm going to challenge you. It says right in the Bible that in Matthew 5:28, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You don't have to physically lay down with a member of the opposite sex to commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Straight out of the Bible. Yeah. You know, so when are you going to stop? Committing adultery. Committing adultery and messing around with your marriage. Yeah. You know, we receive the heartbreaking emails on both sides. People that are struggling with this. Husbands. And wives, you are destroying the foundations of your marriage with this addiction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we actually sought out some scriptural um, help, help as we were preparing for this because I, you know, I, I've gotten those emails from women and I'm like, okay, really? In my mind, it is adultery. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had to. I actually had found this verse on my own, but I did have another pastor friend of ours help us with some other verses because I was just like, you know what? I want to make sure that what we say on this podcast is biblical truth. Yeah. You know, we're not going to say anything that isn't, or at least not knowingly. Right. Isn't. And so, you know, when he came back with this particular verse, which also corresponded to what I had found, I said, okay, you know what? Every time you look at porn, you have to think of the fact that you are committing adultery on your spouse, period. It's not just affecting you. It is affecting your spouse. It is affecting your children. It is affecting your job. It is affecting your friendships. You are putting, whether you see it on your screen, which is most likely, you know, online, you are putting that image in an elevated place of importance in your life. Yeah. It is a screenshot. It's a screenshot. You have living human beings all around you and a screenshot is more important to you than those relationships. I've been there. And if you don't think that's going to destroy you, if you don't think a piece of computer equipment 
has the power to destroy your relationships, you need to think again because anything that you elevate to that place of importance over people is going to destroy you if you don't stop. Mm -hmm. If you don't say, you know what? I have to be done with this. I have to find a way to be done with this. Wives, come alongside your husbands and say, we need to end this. We need to figure out a way. We will put filters. We will get rid of the smartphones. We will make this happen. Not we're going to. We will. Today. Today. And if you do have a filter on your computer, ladies, check your filters. Okay? We know women who have put filters on their computers but have not checked it. Not not the smartest thing to do there. If, if you're going to put it on. Use it. Use it. <laughs> right. Okay, and I'm not I'm not blasting them, but it's just like if you put it, you know, if you put your money in a safe, you're going to make sure that you lock it. You're going to periodically check it to make sure that what's in the safe is protected. Same thing with your computer. You know, we're grown-ups here, folks. Today is the day that you make a decision on what the future of your marriage is going to be as it relates to pornography if this is an issue in your marriage. And, and I want to say, for those of you who have overcome it, you have seen light, you've seen the glory, you've, you're gone from it. You've passed, you know, it's behind you now. Just like I have been able to sit and speak from experience and knowing that I'm not going to go back there again. And I haven't for seven years now. I need you to stand up in your churches, in your communities, and you need to start being a voice. We cannot keep quiet about this any longer. And Elisa and I speaking behind these mics aren't going to be able to touch everybody that needs to be touched. But we need to start speaking up and we need to start speaking out and we need to make this a priority in our churches, in our community. Because if not, the foundation of marriage is going to continue to be broken down. And I will tell you, the fight is going to be long and the fight is going to be hard. But it is worth it. Because in the end, we are going to save people. We are going to change them for the better. They're going to hear us and they're going to understand that this isn't something that's just for those weirdos or those geeky or those techie guys behind a computer. The numbers are staggering and damn it. Eventually our churches will start listening and they will start responding and they will start helping but until that time, we need to be out there mm-hmm. and you need to be out there making it a point to seek those out who have come, who are going through what you have come through and don't be afraid to. No, it goes oh, back to, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it, just don't be afraid. I'm willing to speak in front of my church and I can't get that done yet. I will eventually there will come a day when I'm going to sit behind this microphone 
and I'm going to cheer and I'm going to yell and I'm going to scream because we've done it. We've made it known. And I don't care if those people that are looking upon me have opinions or judgment because that's the big thing. I don't care because if there's one family that we save, then it's all worth it. But you guys need to speak up. Okay? Make it happen. You got a men's group? Speak about it. Seek out, guys. Make it happen. I was just going to add to that that by speaking up, you're taking off the mask. You're, you're bringing, you know, we talk a lot about various secrets on this show whether it's financial secrets or you know loss of a child or pornography and this is one of those one of those little secrets that affects so many that nobody's willing to talk about and when we start to take the mask off and say you know what yes my husband did have in our case a 19-year addiction to pornography he has struggled with it. We have moved beyond it. Does that mean I take measures in my own house? Absolutely. There's a reason the swimsuit issue went straight into the recycling. There's a reason when the Victoria's Secret catalog comes, it stays on my side of the bed. You know, if I want to show him a particular bathing suit, I show him a particular bathing suit, but we're not flipping through looking at the bras together and we're not, I don't do it. When we had commercial TV, we flipped the channels because I saw Alex watching a commercial for, um, it's one of the alcohol commercials. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't, it was like two years ago, but all of a sudden this commercial comes on during a football game and you know, he'd been tossing the football around the living room. And the next thing I know, you know, he'd like had dropped the football and he's watching the, the TV, you know, or the old Carl's Jr. Commercials change the channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ladies, if you have those catalogs come to your homes, stop. Or if you're going to have them, then they just come straight to you and your husband does not see them. Yeah. You know, but women, we have to stand up and say, you know what? This happens in my family. Just like I have to stand up when I'm with certain women and say, I've lost a child. My husband and I had $50,000 in debt. I have lots of secrets or they used to be secrets. We had lots of baggage in our closet. You know what? I haven't lost true friends Mm -hmm. by sharing this information. False friends, yes. There have been people that couldn't handle hearing about our child loss. There have been people that haven't been able to handle hearing about our financial debt. There have been people that haven't been able to handle hearing about the pornography. If they can't handle it, were they truly your friends in the first place? Probably not. Because a true friend should be able to handle all that all of your junk. Take off the mask. Come clean. You will feel better. Your marriage will be better. Maybe not initially, but it will happen. Mm -hmm. Make a decision today. 
And women, when you hear this conversation, don't beat him up. He's already been doing that probably for years. Trying to get up the courage to tell you. And it takes a lot of courage for a man to be able to say, I have this problem. He is scared to death at what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't deny your emotions. I'm not saying don't be hurt. But keep in mind that it does take courage to share this. Mm -hmm. Be the woman that he married. He has all kinds of flaws. He probably leaves the toilet seat up and, you know, does all this other kind of stuff. This is one more thing that you need to work on together. Key phrase being together. Yep. Make your marriage stronger. Yeah. And you guys, if Contact. if you ever if you ever need us, we're here. 858-876-5663 you can call. If you need a a call back, leave your number. I'll call you back. I'll talk to you. If you need an email, send it. We may not get to you as quickly as you may like. We got a lot that come in, but we're here. We're praying for you. We're here. And those of you, you know, obviously I've been a little heavy handed on, you know, the ladies tonight. All the ladies. All the ladies. Um, If you need someone, I'm not saying I don't want to hear from you. I'm not, you know, when I said I'm frustrated with these emails, I'm frustrated that the problem's not gone away because we don't talk about it. I do want you to use me as a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I wanted to make sure I said that cause I did come. Yeah. I was a no, well, you guys know we are here to help no matter what the problem is. And we don't want you to, to walk away from this going, Oh, I can't share with them anything because we respect your privacy. Um, we, yeah. I mean in the email, if you don't want us to talk about it, we don't talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll pick out the sections that you don't mind us talking about. And that's cool because it gives hope and light to those mm-hmm. who need it. And that goes back to us being a part of this community, going out there and helping others. Because only by doing that will we have, you know, we'll have these marriages that we also desire. You know, we're going to go through our ups and downs. We're going to have our good times and bad times. But dang it, let's get rid of the crap. Get rid of these big, big issues that don't need to be on the table anymore. All right. Oh, man. Whew. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. It's um, It's been something on our mind, and it's one that, honestly, we usually come behind the mics, and we just have a fun time talking, and this is one that we've been talking about probably for the last good week. Mm-hmm. And so we'd really love to hear what you got to say. Leave us comments below. Call us, 858 858- Eight seven six five six six three. You can email us. Ask Tony at oneextraordinarymarriage dot com. Ask Elisa at oneextraordinarymarriage dot com. You know, whatever way we want to know what's happening with you guys, and um, we love you. Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website 
is oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter, and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Thank you.